what a joy and privilege it is to come again to fellowship in the Word of God and to give forth truth of God's eternal Word. We thank God for this service thus far and we're praying that he shall come down upon us in mighty power. Thank the Lord for this Sunday school hour. The one thing that I surely know is that Dr. Lucilius is not an awe nor a dead post. <laughs> so he must be a priest. Thank the Lord for the truth in this Sunday school hour. And then for the word from the pastor on the, the fact that you've been praying, waiting upon God these days. My heart has been greatly disturbed as I prayed concerning these meetings these days. And I want you to continue to pray for me. That the Lord may continue to stir my heart. I believe with the great truths that we have, we must bring them to practicality in the hearts and lives of people. When the great revival hit the church of Robert Machine in Dundee, Scotland, there was 35 prayer meetings going on in a week. Hear me now. And five of them was by children alone. The burden of prayer came upon the children. And then I think of the revival Duncan Campbell experienced how that he went to the island the first time there was uh, five men praying in a barn two ladies beyond the age of 80 one was blind but God sent revival and when he got there and gathered the people and pastor was in tune with it and he preached for a while and nothing took place then he left but the two ladies came to the pastor and said later on get the evangelist back God is here God is here the five men that met in the evening prayed till over in the morning came and said, God is here, get the evangelist back. And so Duncan Camel went back. <laughs> and God came in mighty power. But he comes as we enter in to seeking him for himself even Roberts came 
into a church and a gathering of people in 1859 in that revival in Wales. And seated on the platform, he began to cry for a half an hour. He didn't raise his head. He sensed that something was wrong. Then, a dear lady arose in the meeting. She began to praise God. Just praise his name. And she began to pray, and this is the way she prayed. Oh God, these people are gathered today to see a man and not the master. And she prayed like that, and it broke the heart of the preacher. And when he did come to the platform, he said, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. You act as though you had came by the North Pole on the way to the meeting. If you had just stopped off at Calvary, your heart had been warmed. <laughs> what are you saying, Preacher McGuire? I'm saying out of prayer comes praise to God. And as praise reaches up and worship reaches up to Him, all oh, the blessings of God comes down. And so, this morning we come with 2 Samuel at chapter 8, at verse 8. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 8. Dr. Lucilius touched on this this morning in the Sunday school. We'll start at verse 8. The mighty men of David the mighty men of David in this chapter you have 37 names given of the mighty men of David at verse 8 it says these be the names of the mighty men whom David had Trechmonites that sit in the sea chief among the captains the same was Adno the Enite he lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time and after him was Eleazar the son of Dodo the Aholite one of the three mighty men with David and they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle and the men of Israel were gone away he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand cleaved unto the sword and watch this and the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil and after him was Shamar the son of Aji, the Horonite, and the Philistines were gathered together for a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. Now watch it. And the Lord wrought a great victory. And three of the thirty chief 
went down and came to David in the harvest time under the cave of Dullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rehum. And David was then in a hole, and the garrisons of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the, well, of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. Here in 2 Samuel 23, are listed those men who were identified with David and they laid their life on the line for David. Thirty-seven are listed in the, the mighty men. And of course there were ranks among them and some achieved more than others. There was three that stands out. The first thing I want you to note this morning is the mighty man David. The mighty man David. When God starts to get a job done, he does not get a committee. He gets a man. He doesn't get a board, whatever that is. He gets a man. God gets a man. And so God's plan for the local church is a preacher. God puts his hand upon a preacher and God calls that preacher and then God calls people around that preacher. God gives the vision to one man and as you enter in to the vision of that one man you enter into the work which God has called. And so they were in an end to David and that that God had given him. Notice three things about this mighty man David. <clears throat> Number one, he was appointed by God. God laid his hand on him. You remember the story. How that the prophet went up there and he went through all the sons and he said, uh, Do you have any more sons? Oh, I have one out among the sheep. He said, Go and get him. <clears throat> this was the one that God appointed. He appointed him. He was a long time in coming. But he was appointed unto God to that place. And then this man was anointed. Anointed by God. Let me tell you, God has ways of doing things. And we better do them the way he says to do them. Just anybody cannot enter in and do it unless God has put his hand 
upon that one. Now listen to me. Many have tried it, but they can't, can't do it. God appoints. God anoints. Somebody asked a fellow, uh, what is unction? He said, I don't know what it is, but I know when a man ain't got it. You can tell when God's power rests upon a man. You can tell when God is in communion with him. The people can tell whether we've been with God or not. Then, not only was he anointed and not only was he appointed, this man was acknowledged by God's people. The time came when they recognized this was a leader. This was one that God had set apart. <clears throat> he was acknowledged by God's people as a leader. I see first the Saul's. Saul's servants recognized that God was with him. And they recommended him for the armor bearer of Saul. They saw in him something they recognized it, Saul's servants. Then Saul's soldiers recognized that God was with him. And then the women of Israel recognized that God was with him. You remember after the victory, they sang songs to him. <clears throat> Never sell short the ladies in the churches now God puts men in the church but thank God for the ladies if you read the account of the New Testament it was the ladies that sponsored the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 8 it was the ladies that supported his campaigns thank God for the ladies <laughs> they recognize that David was appointed by God and then Jonathan recognized that David was ordained to be a king and he gave honor to him tribute to him Jonathan the son of Saul think of that then Saul recognized that David was God's ordained man and sought to kill him. Sought to kill him. <clears throat> Sometime, if the enemy finds out that God's power is resting on us, boy, we'll get arrows from everywhere. They're going to shoot arrows from everywhere. <clears throat> but we have to stand in the battle in spite of the arrows that come. Oh, yes, in and out of the bright patches, but we're to stand, having done all to stand. And when the smoke clears away, we're to still be standing. Then the men who joined David in the cave acknowledged he was God's ordained leader. When David was driven out, what did he do? He gathered those outcasts of Israel and brought them together. And
and when he could do nothing else, he patrolled the borders of Israel as a police force. It wasn't appreciated, but he did it just the same. Then the day came when all Israel openly, openly said that David was God's ordained leader. It's the responsibility of God's people to accept and to sanction God's appointed ones. No man should stand before an audience until he's first of all stood before God and received what God has to give first of all. What I like about this man David is this. When he was mistreated and kicked around and driven out and many things happened to him and he was proceeding in a certain direction and God said no. And often he was cut off. But I do not find in the word of God where David ever became sour on God. He never became sour. <laughs> he said, if that's what God said, I'll take it. <laughs> now, that's a man after God's own heart. It wasn't that he was a perfect man. It was the fact that he was a repenting man and he repented often <laughs> as we have to as we have to personal communion with God is the greatest thing about a Christian how are you getting along with God this morning folks can tell of yesteryears and they can tell how it was way back yonder now remember in our church when so and so took place. But how you getting along this morning? If you got to go back to yesterday, you're one day short. With your communion with God, how you getting along this morning? What about it today? Not only the mighty man David, but the mighty men of David. Just as God touched the hearts of many men and brought them around Saul, he touched the hearts of others and brought them around David. Thank God as we preach the gospel, God will put some around us. He'll put some around us to stand with us. He did that with David. These men won the victories which had a common common factor. In each case, it was victory against odds, overwhelming odds against them. Uh, I read Dr. Lucilius' The History of Revivals. It's your, your notes, and they're great. And I've read about revivals, and I come to the conclusion of this. After reading history revivals, and that we want revival. We want camp meeting for revival. 
But God has always given revival in the darkest hour. The darkest hour is when God comes and gets the most glory out of it. It was a dark day when God raised up George Whitfield and the Wesley boys. Edwards and others. In the darkest hour, God seems to get glory as he moves in power. If that be true, we're about ready for one now, brother. <laughs> we're, we have our backs to the wall <laughs> as it is in the churches now. In desperation, we're dependent upon God. Oh, the God of revival must help us. It was victory against odds. It was victory in the face of utter exhaustion. They were completely given out, but they stood. It was victory in the face of the fact that the people were in confusion and they were retreating from the Lord and running from the Lord. Well, I like it here. If you look down... In verse 11, Shamar. When the enemy came in and was trying to take over their vegetable garden, the rest of the crowd ran off, but he didn't. He stood in the gap and he stood firm. <laughs> yes, sir. And the Lord gave him the victory. <clears throat> Oh, there are those who will stand when everything's going smooth in the churches. And they'll say, Preacher, I'm standing with you. And everything's going smooth. But you let a little knot come. And they'll take all what they want. It's a run back when the gravy goes to flowing. They'll come and help you sop the gravy. But they won't stand around when it's time to take a foot for Christ and to stand firm for him. They want to run off. That's what happened this crowd and left old Shamar there. But he wasn't a running kind. And he took them on. Oh, that God would take all the rabid blood out of you Amen. as a Christian and cause you to stand for Christ. Amen. This is not a time to run. This is a time to stand in the battle. Oh, this man stood. We need folks who will stand. You're right, brother. <clears throat> Give me ten that will stand. Right. I started out with five. When I got ten, I thought I had a great crowd, you know. <laughs> and the Lord keeps adding to. <sighs> oh, that God give us folks who mean something, believe something, stand for something. There's those who make a pretense and they will not stand. And God's looking into the heart. Let me tell you this morning, God never sent revival to folks like that. We've got to be anchored in the faith. 
and ready to stand for him not only in doctrine but in practice obeying what he says obeying what he says it says the Lord wrought a great victory the Lord wrought a great victory now we better remember who brings the victory who were these men David was an old man he says in this chapter but the Lord put it on his heart to mention these mighty men men who moved Israel forward in the battles that they were in you'll never move Christianity forward unless you get in the battle the first three who did great things and gained the greatest reputation Adno who slew 800 at one time with a spear that's pretty good he pretty good man wasn't he took on 800 boy give us some odd nose in the churches today <laughs> willing to stand for him then Eleazar he didn't throw down his sword he kept his ground it's common knowledge that many will run off when the battle starts then Shamar we just mentioned but God brought a great victory the next three are distinguished from and dignified above the 31 but attain not to the first three verse 13 verse 28 what are you saying preacher McGuire I'm saying all of God's Greek men are not the same size uses some in one place and some in another all are not the same size but he uses mighty men mighty men and then there were the second three of great notice of the 31 but they were inferior to the three that were just mentioned now I want you to know who they were not sometimes things that are left out of the Bible tells us some things that we ought to know I'll notice here that David and the Holy Spirit did not lead, lead David to list men that opposed him no sir Joab general of the soldiers nope he died by the altar replaced by Solomon mighty with another mighty man Ahithophel chief counselor hanged himself after being rejected by the wrong by the crowd the wrong crowd he joined Absalom David's son the people went with him going with the tide but he died hanging from a tree he's very popular for a while but look at him now 
God always brings these kind down. He always does. How did these men attain under the name of being the mighty men of David? Now look at chapter 23 and verse 15. These three men, mighty men of David, just listening to their leader. And he was thinking out loud. This is what he said. Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Philistines were everywhere. You could see the campfires. It seemed like an impossible task. Here he is thinking now about those better days. And he'd love to have a drink of water. These mighty men picked up his whisper and went through the lines, putting their life in jeopardy to bring him a drink of water out of that well. Think of that. They were mighty men. There was a craving that was intolerable, longing for from the heart. Oh, let me make application here. Can you think of better days? your life can you think of better days spiritually what's hindering today you need to move toward God close to him and then there were circumstances that seemed insurmountable the road was barred to Jerusalem no access but I see here consecration that was inedible when he got to drink of water did he drink it? no he said this is holy I'm going to pour it out as a worship unto God and he poured it out as an offering unto the Lord sometime preacher Folks in the churches who stand so faithfully by the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ, they're butting shoulders every day down there on the job. And, uh, oh, many of the times that I get on my face and pray for everyone individually. It's sacred, sacred time. By consecration. Pouring it out before God. How did these men attain to become mighty? Number one, they stayed with him through the trials. They had strong faith. They stayed with him through the trials. They told us in Burlington no church could be built out there in our community. They had enough and uh, they didn't want another church and uh, you know like that that kind of thing no church in the community they didn't want one but God planted one by strong faith of God's people who have stood these mighty men had strong faith in God strong faith in him then 
They gave their leader his desire. They had a love for him. <laughs> they loved him so they were willing to stand and carry out whatever the command was. And just thinking out loud, he just wanted a drink of water. But they put their life on the line for that. Oh, if you could see this morning that every part makes up the whole. Every part makes up the whole. I hear folks saying, Oh, I've given my life to the Lord. <clears throat> I presented the whole to Him. <clears throat> you do not present the whole until you have given the parts. Hear me now. He says, Reckon, no, reckon, yield in the book of Romans. And the last one is yield. Yield ye your members. You can say that you turn it over to God, but have you turned over your hands to him? Your eyes to him? Your ears to him? Your feet to him? Your heart to him? Your total self to him? I beg you, I beseech you to do that today. I challenge you to become a mighty man of David's today by doing that. Surrender the whole thing and every part. And every part. Then they protected their leader that made them a mighty man. They had holy boldness, holy courage. They didn't have any rabbit blood. <laughs> the young preacher went to an older preacher and he said, The folks at the church are about to run me off. And he said, I want to, you know, some counsel and I want something that'll help me. And the older preacher had been of the old school, and this is what he said. Don't let anybody know that you've got rabbit blood in you. Good advice. Good advice. For if there's young preachers here this morning, and God leads you anywhere to preach, for older preachers, and folks find out you're afraid, you might as well go. They're not to be afraid of the faces. We're on commission from God. They protected their leader. And then, notice this, they had patience with him. They stayed with their leader when he was wrong. Are you listening now? David brought up the ark in the wrong manner. David numbered the people and 70,000 died. That was wrong for him to do that. I wish pastors would read this chapter. All this numbering going on. Nickels and noses. David even got into sin. Do not sanction wrong. 
but do not touch God's anointed. Hear me carefully. Do not sanction wrong, but do not touch God's anointed. They stayed with him till it was over. There's a fifth thing here. They stayed with him to the end. Perseverance. They persevered to the end. Moses started out wrong. He arrived right. Solomon started out right. He arrived wrong. David started right and ended right. This is my prayer as a pastor is getting older. Every day I pray this prayer. Oh God help me to finish right. Amen. So many gone out under a cloud in our day. And it's brought disgrace on the name of the Lord. And so I pray oh God help me to finish right. We should not be content just to exist as Christians. But to be mighty, mighty men for God. Mighty men for Him. To lay our lives on the line in jeopardy as these did. Last summer at our camp, God put a burden of prayer on a little girl in our church, Saprina. She'd been down here last year to camp meeting. When the preacher preached and gave an invitation, down came Saprina on her face, and she was praying, and tears were dropping off on the floor. A six-year-old. And the counselor was trying to help her, and when the counselor talked to her, she said, I'm praying for my granddaddy. He's lost. He's lost. He, he needs to be saved. And then she left the counselor and came back to where I was. And she grabbed me and hugged me. And she's a loving little girl. And she said, my granddaddy is lost, preacher. And of course I knew that. I've been praying for him for many years. He's the type of man that was wicked, wicked, wicked. He hated God and he hated the church and he hated anything that looked like Christianity. <coughs> He's got a godly wife lives with him. Boy, that worked on him. That's right. <laughs> And he had Saprina that God had given a burden to. And I told Saprina at camp, I said, God is going to save your granddad. I knew from that moment he was. Last Sunday morning, a man drove up in the churchyard, got out of his car and came to me. He said, Preacher, let's walk down here. And we went down through the woods there and walked a little ways. And he said, Preacher, 
I want to be saved. I want to trust Christ as my Savior. And I want to serve Him the rest of my days. So in the church service, this man comes forward. And I never told him about the prayers of Sabrina until last Sunday morning when he came forward. <laughs> God can give a burden of prayer to little children, I'm telling you. God can put the burden on any person. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You just have to be a saved person. And he can burden you so for revival that the God of revival will hear and he will descend upon us this week if we really mean business with him. Let's stand. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking around. I'm going to ask the pianist to come. He would and just play softly. Dr. Dickerson is here, your pastor, to help you. But oh, I challenge you today not to be satisfied with just being, going along from Sunday to Sunday but to become mighty in the things of God. Oh, that this church would lead out now in this camp meeting for revival as others are coming in. Oh, may we catch it first and may it blaze up in every heart. Oh, God, God, move upon us today. While she plays softly, will you now as a member of the church, as one that knows God, you had began to move in that direction. Not only surrendering the whole, but every part. Oh, God, help us now in every part of our lives to surrender it to this Lord. This one who can make mighty ones out of us. As he speaks to you, just make your way to the altar. Talk to him about that need of the heart. If you've heard any voice beyond the voice of the preacher today, act upon it, will you? Some of you, you've been waiting. Now be obedient. David had some mighty men. God wrought the victory through them. 
is the one who brings the victory. We can't do it. He must do it. Spirit shall search every part. Move upon us in these days. Help us to catch something of the message today. We pray in Jesus' name.